Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Broadcasting from the heart of the I Work For Him nation to Christ followers, transforming your workplace into a ministry place. You've tuned into the voice of the faith and work movement. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We are, and listeners, we are so glad you're here with us today. We have an amazing show ahead. I just want to remind you that you can connect with us on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a place where, you know, for wherever we are in our occupation, whatever our workplace is, it's a great place for us to connect and learn what each other does and be able to share things that um, we are learning in our particular industry. And so LinkedIn, you can find both I Work For Him Ministries there as well as Jim and I personally. You know, this COVID-19 pandemic and its disastrous economic times, are they a shot across the bow, a warning from God about what is to come? Why are churches still shut down in almost every state of the country, yet Walmart, Lowe's, and Home Depot are crowded? Should all of this instill fear or inspire you? Inspire you to realize that in the last six months, you've witnessed Forces of evil finally accomplishing what they've desired for centuries, the shutdown of the United States of America, the world power, the feeling of world power, and we all gave up our rights voluntarily. How will this play out the rest of the year? How will this play out the rest of the decade? Where do we turn? Where do you Where do you turn? Where do the lost turn in times that are troubling like this? Where do they turn for truth? They're going to turn to companies where kingdom solutions are presented and people are blessed. Companies like Sidera Health that bring peace in times like this. We've invited our longtime friend, businessman, missionary, and house church expert onto the show today to analyze where the world is at today, how we as Jesus followers in our workplace should be reacting and how we should be looking to biblical kingdom solutions for aiding this economy in our recovering and eliminating fear and bringing hope to the hopeless and to the lost. Tony Dale, welcome back to I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here with you. Tony, I, I just shared some of my thoughts and some of my concerns. You know, this this whole pandemic has been, it's been intense. And there are some people that are paralyzed by fear. And, and this virus it just feels like all of a sudden the enemy finally got to the chance to get control of the entire globe at one time. Do you think these last five months have been a warning shot across the bow of the church to wake it up from its slumber? Uh, I would put it this way, and that is uh, God will use everything for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, And the church would have to be, I guess, deaf and blind not to recognize that obviously the Lord is up to something. The question is, do we just want life to go on as normal? Oh, please, Lord, let us get back to normal. Let's get back to our Sunday service, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, Or are we actually trying to listen and hear what the Spirit of God may be saying to the church through this, because I don't think COVID came from the Lord, uh, because I don't think God sends uh, sends sickness, but I do think He wants to use it to show us how He can still accomplish His purposes. 
Mm, Those are some really great words. You know, Tony, for people that may not know, in your background, you and your wife, Felicity, moved to the United States in the 1980s after being part of a huge house, house church movement in the UK. Did you ever imagine that the year 2020 would be a year where you would see house churches as the norm in the United States? Uh, No, that absolutely (laughs) never even crossed our imaginations. Uh, And, you know, in the the many years that we've been encouraging and promoting house church uh, here uh, in in the United States as well, um, I I don't think we, we still had any concept of how easily God could take something that was happening in the world and use it to show believers just how simple it would be to get back to the simplicity that is in Christ that we see in the New Testament church, which was believers like you and I meeting together in our homes, our offices, wherever it might be, and letting Jesus be Lord of our ordinary everyday lives. It's been interesting. We had a conversation even yesterday with a young couple that we've mentored for Oh, gosh, almost 20 years. And they said, and we talked about the pandemic and they said, this has been the greatest thing ever because we realized that we were too busy. We were doing too many things. We had too many sports that we weren't playing enough games at home. We weren't spending enough time hiking around. We weren't spending enough time as a family. This has been a great redirecting of our family. And we have heard that time and time again. And also the power of going to church together in your home. I mean, it's just it's been an interesting time. It's been obviously scary for those that have gotten really sick, but it's also been a, it's been a good, it's almost been like Romans 12, two paradigm shift. Stop copying the behavior and custom of this world. It's changing the way we think about how we look at family and church and what is important. You know, I have a question because I really think that um, I want to delve into this home church idea just a little bit longer because there are churches that are going back and forth on whether they're going to be open or not open. People are missing being with other people that they love um, and just that that communi- community that maybe they've been missing. How can you encourage, what do you see as an, something you can encourage the listeners to say, okay, maybe you're not ready to go back yet. Maybe your church isn't open or it's open and you're just not ready. What can they be doing better in their home to make the home church experience more of maybe what they're longing? Okay, that's a, a really good question, Martha. And I, I'm trying to think how to give an answer that makes sense for people who perhaps have only rarely uh, had an opportunity for themselves to actively take part in church rather than, you know, primarily being a spectator. Uh, And, you know, even the things that both you and Jim have shared here uh, really underline the fact that God is getting our attention by allowing a situation that forces us to stop and listen. Mm. Uh, I was uh, having my one-on-one time this morning with uh, one of our CEOs uh, where we take time, you know, on a weekly basis to sort of explore uh, what's going on in the business and and how how we make sure that we're really walking with God through uh, our responsibilities in the business. And he was saying exactly what you've just said, that COVID has... Uh, enabled him and his family to reconnect in a whole new way, uh, to spend much more time 
by choice, face to face, over meals or whatever it might be, uh, instead of the sort of disconnected lives uh, that most of us have got used to, even within our families. And that they're realizing that the ordinariness of being together is actually something very special when the Lord's in the middle of it. And that's where I would encourage any family to start. Don't try and reproduce your church, and I put that word in quotes, uh, don't try and reproduce your church experience at home. Uh, because there you have a professional who's leading you, you know, you have professional musicians for probably who lead the worship. No, home is where family is. This is where we have conversation. This is where we hang out. This is where uh, it's perfectly natural to move from a game of cards into talking about something serious, into maybe praying together. Uh, and seek not for the special of the big meeting, but the ordinary of the presence of Jesus with you in everything that's going on day by day. Mm. Wow. That's a good word. Very good words. Don't, not seeking the special, but seeing God in the ordinary, which is what we've missed. And that's where, the, that's where he's with us 24-7 and in the everyday walks along the road. And, and uh, so what a great way to look at it. Well, Thank and for you. the last three and a half months, the church place has been the same as the workplace, has been the same as our house <laughs> place, has been the same. I mean, it's, we've been working. School. I mean, the school place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the school, the church, the workplace, and the home place have all been the same thing. Uh, and so you've seen some people deal with some struggles, but Tony, what was, you know, I, I, I've been a studier of prophetic scriptures for years, you know, end times prophecy kind of stuff. And, and so it didn't shock me when this ended up, what, what shocked me about all of this is that in the United States of America, constitutional liberties, including the shuttering of every church in the, on the continent was just voluntarily done. Uh, and I don't, you know, when you look at those last five months and you see the voluntary forfeiting of our rights and liberties, the closing of churches, restrictions on movement, like you can't go this place, you can't go to your cabin up north or whatever. How did you see all this in light of what scripture says about the end times and, and warning pains about end times? Well, let me start my answer by reminding people that by background, I'm a physician. I'm a family doctor. Uh, and so public health concerns uh, would be, in a sense, very real to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been in the middle of uh, real epidemics before. I've been in the middle of things like a cholera outbreak in a very poor part of Mozambique. Uh, and when you think in terms of these things that are now going on all around us, it's perfectly reasonable at the start of something that is not understood for the authorities to react. And I think now in retrospect, most of us would say significantly overreact while they tried to get a handle on things. And all of that, I would say, is understandable and excusable. What's not excusable is that once we begin to understand what's really happening, it becomes vital that we respond equally rapidly to that. Mm. And one of the things that is not happening is the huge numbers of people that they said would, would die, 
in fact, it's fascinating as, as the COVID continues to sort of unravel here, uh, that even though we're seeing a secondary spike, probably because of, you know, not so much social distancing and all of this type of thing, uh, that the deaths are continuing to go down uh, and to go down uh, dramatically. Uh, and so what's happening is that as the medical situation changes, I think it's absolutely uh, contingent upon the authority of the, the, the public offices, you know, the political powers that be and our mayors and governors and president and the like, uh, to say, now that we can see more clearly what's going on, we can also give a much clearer response. Uh, and the clearer response uh, in, in terms of the fear uh, is that God is not the author of fear. Amen. Okay. But instead, he gives us the, the, the power of love and of a sound mind. And a sound mind says, okay, let's quickly, as quickly as possible, learn from what's gone on. Let, let's be kind and thoughtful and appropriate towards those who are vulnerable, which is the elderly and those with a bunch of uh, other medical comorbidities. And let's let the rest of the world get on with doing what the rest of the world needs to do and not be destroyed by the impact of what's beginning to feel more like a lie. Mm. It's one thing when you don't know. But once you begin to know and you still say that everything should be completely shut down and the economy shot to ruins and people lose their jobs and their livelihoods and their businesses, okay, at that point, there's something very destructive going on. And I would say to myself, well, who likes the destructive? Well, the enemy came to steal and to kill and to destroy, while the Son of God came that we might all have life. And so we want to be free to express that life again. Mm. I don't know that you answered the question I was kind of hoping you, but I love your answer. So <laughs> it was good we're talking tonight, talking today with Tony Dale from Sedera Health. And we're going to hear about that because Tony's not just a, 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 having a history as a family doctor. He runs a corporate healthcare sharing organization called Sedera Health. If you as an, have an organization and you provide health insurance to people, perhaps you should be looking into healthcare sharing as a significant reduction in costs and a significant building up of community within your, within your organization. Sedera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com, Sedera.com. Tony Dale, I, I just, you're in the middle of it all. You are. And so that's one of the things I want to talk about next is, you know, what Jim was just explaining what's about Sedera Health and the Caris Group. Your organizations have had a frontline view of the virus and healthcare in general. So how has your God-given design for corporate healthcare sharing, how's it worked in this difficult economic time as well as in the midst of the pandemic? Wow, you're, you're asking some really good and tough questions today. <laughs> Um, you know, the thrilling thing has been uh, that the Sedera community has been very well prepared and equipped to handle a crisis like mm. this. Uh, at, at the most simple and fundamental level, you know, do the economics of it work? Can the community step in and take care of people and uh, of the economic cost of things that are going on? Uh, and at least partially because, uh, as I just said, that, that the impact of the virus has been nowhere near what the early uh, sort of uh, epidemiologists and those who set up their projections of the impact it would have on society. It's been nowhere near that bad. 
Uh, and we've been thrilled, uh, not only to see that all the bills are getting paid medically for all of our members, but they're getting paid as fast as ever. Mm. Uh, that with everybody of our staff working from home, uh, we're adding currently about three staff members a month. No, closer to closer to three a week. Wow. Uh, as I look at what's going on and I say, and all of these people are getting onboarded and trained and equipped in the strangest of environments and everybody's needs are getting taken care of. This is awesome. So how has it worked? God has been unbelievably gracious to us. I want to talk about some of the features that corporate healthcare sharing bring. I mean, because it's, it's not insurance. And this is different. I mean, you build, it's amazing. By providing healthcare sharing, you actually are creating community. So what are some of the features of Sidera Health that are truly cutting edge in times like these? Okay, well, that would probably go back to our core values. Uh, and so, you know, maybe just for a moment, I could describe some of those. Okay. You know, one, of, uh, one is that uh, we are intentionally not status quo. That means we're not looking for how has this always been done, but how can it be done right now in the way that's best? Uh, now, thankfully, because we're not status quo, we had already for the last few years been actively encouraging our people to understand the incredibly important role of telemedicine. Uh, well, you know, until COVID uh, came, telemedicine was still technically a um, like a controversial subject. I mean, here in a state like Texas, there were still problems with the state sometimes trying to fight the telemedicine and saying, oh, is it insurance? You know, uh, can you get proper medical care? Now, overnight, everybody's recognized, man, this works incredibly. I was listening to one of Britain's most distinguished professors in a webinar yesterday uh, talking about uh, how they had found in the UK, which of course is my home medically mm -hmm. uh, and uh, my experience of the National Health Service. Uh, and in it, until COVID, they remained adamantly opposed to telemedicine. He said, you know, three months later, we look at the world, it's completely changed. And we realize what was actually in front of our eyes all that time, 75% of what we do of the outpatient work, even for a specialist, can be done by uh, some sort of a video call. Uh, and so huge changes are coming. We have to learn to be intentionally not status quo. Mm. Okay, but you know, our core values go into other areas. Uh, so uh, one of ours is that we're rooted in love. Okay, well, what does rooted in love mean for a business? But a business that is built on a community of people who are choosing to take personal responsibility. Uh, and so, again, the educating of our members to uh, make sure that they're thinking through the implications of illness, of how it raises costs for everybody in the community. Let's find ways to really actively cooperate with each other. Uh, find ways to get fair prices in what goes on. This comes right back to people in the low costs that they experience in something like Sidera because we have a community of people who've chosen to be personally responsible. So all sorts of things are different when you use the medical cost sharing model. So you're saying you got your love God, love your neighbor thing built right into your core values. 
absolutely. Uh, you know, before we defined our core values as they are now, we defined them in three very simple ways. Uh, this was what we built the company on, really, before we had, you know, website and members and all of that. We said we're called to be Christ-centered, community-focused, and consumer-driven. Uh, and when you put Jesus at the center of a plan... Uh, and you allow the love of God to develop within that community, open to everybody, not just to people of faith, uh, but you take the, the, the goodness of God, which applies to all people. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all who dwell therein. And you begin to share that love in a context where people say, yes, I will take responsibility. You see those three C's that we described, Christ-centered, community-focused, consumer-driven, lived out in a group now of tens of thousands of people uh, who are experiencing the reality that we can trust each other to share our medical costs. And within Sidera Health and this kingdom model that, that God gave you that actually serves everybody, not just people that are Christ followers, you've given them the freedom of care too. I mean, you're not restricting them to this network or that network. It's not driven by a political agenda. It's, I mean, this freedom of care thing, that's, people have to have loved that during this pandemic where they knew that they could call and talk to a doctor. They could go to, I mean, they weren't restricted by, I got to go here or here. Uh, Jim, I'm completely with you. And I, I think uh, people, uh, you know, time will tell and maybe we'll uh, survey everybody after the pandemic is, you know, completely died down. Uh, I don't know, but I think we'll find that people were thrilled with the service that they received. Uh, and you put your finger on it. Uh, and sort of reminded me of another scripture uh, in the way you described things. Because uh, in, in one of the epistles, it says that it was for freedom Christ set us free. Therefore, don't be enslaved again with a yoke of bondage. And we may not realize it, but the medical system as we've come to inherit it, you know, we're, we're tied to networks, we're tied to our insurance company, we're, we're tied to what you can and what you can't do. I mean, the government's even uh, tried to interfere with how doctors practicing medicine saying, oh, you can't use things like, you know, hydroxychloroquine or whatever. Uh, and I understand what, what, you know, the bureaucrats are trying to do. You know, they're, 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 they're trying to make sure that things don't get out of hand. But actually, if you have a mature, responsible citizenry, which is what the United States was built on, then why don't we trust people to make all of these basic decisions for themselves, including what doctor they want to go to or whether they uh, trust what that doctor is offering for treatment and this type of thing. So I think the freedom that, that we have in Christ is actually exemplified by how a community like this can choose to live. Mm, that's so good. And I love that you're, you're focusing on the freedom that, you know, we have, because one of the things I think a lot of people are really, really leaning into this conversation right now, because it resonates with them. They've either, you know, even if you just needed stitches in the last few months, you know, the things that um, we've been able to accomplish differently than before, you know, is amazing. And um, how do we apply that in our own lives too? So you have a great business model that already was set up for that because you said, we're not going to live in the status quo. We're going to be creative. And this is, you know, Tony Dale talking about Sedera Health and, and their core values. But in our own homes, um, I think each one of us have things that resonate with us where we're like, 
you know what? I had freedom to not have to run my kids somewhere five nights a week because society tells me that I needed to be busy with them. So I think that what you're saying, you know, even though they may not be running an organization, all of us have had an opportunity to reassess things that we were tied to in the past. So I love that you tied it to that because the freedom that we can have in Christ can allow us to do so many more things in our in our personal life. Tony, I think what's so important to pull in this conversation as this is the show is I work for him. And we've talked a lot about just how you guys have executed, but the Lord laid the foundation for this business on your heart a decade ago. Mm-hmm. You put it into practice, you know, nine years ago. I think 2011 is when you when you founded. I mean, but God set you up for today by laying the foundation on His principles ten years ago when He laid them on your heart. How cool is it to see? this execution be so flawless because God was at the center of the design. Well, you're, you're very gracious in the way you put that. And um, I, 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 I guess I'd want to say I'm the first to acknowledge that uh, what we're doing in Sidera is not perfect and we make our mistakes and we're constantly learning. But what you describe, I think, is really the process of character formation whether it's in an individual, in a group, or in this case, in a company, okay, that these these things take time. And the Lord works in us through the things that he allows into our lives. Uh, So yeah, I mean, back uh, uh, sort of uh, nine years ago when I was uh, really just thinking through the concepts and doing the research and development, Uh, to when we took the courage of our convictions uh, and actually uh, started Sidera, took all the risks that that involved. Uh, And then from there into what we did with our early clients and now with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of companies that we work with all over the country, that this progression is a part of how God shapes us. Mm -hmm. And and we choose whether we're going to be a part of God's process or if we're only going to go our own way. But imagine, God gave you an unfair advantage through the power of the Holy Spirit when he designed your company. That's what I look at. I look at, okay, here's one guy that was willing and humble and, and ready, and, and God said, all right, I want you to <laughs> develop something that's never been done, and everybody said it couldn't be done. They said it couldn't be done, kind of like building the San Francisco Bridge or building the Hoover Dam. They said it couldn't be done. All right, Tony, let's just end with this. Where's the hope? You know, the world has been riddled with fear and anxiety. Let's remind them of the hope and the hope that we as believers have to bring to the marketplace each and every day. Okay, Jim, I'm going to follow what you've said so beautifully uh, with a quote, not from the Bible or from a Christian, but from Henry Ford. Uh, And he said, if you say you can, you can. And if you say you can't, you can't. And the country right now is being faced with some people who say you can and some people who say you can't. And I think the hope that we have in Christ is that in Christ, you always have your yea and amen. Whatever God's putting on people's hearts is possible. Sidera was possible because of what God put on my heart. What God's putting on your listener's heart is possible if they will say yes to what Jesus wants them to do. 
That's where the power is. In the power of being obedient and saying yes when God calls us. Tony Dale, thanks for just sharing a little of your story, for just sharing what God's been doing. We're really grateful, Tony. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. You know, I want to make sure I tell people, though, check them out online, sedera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com. If you've got a company and you haven't looked at corporate healthcare sharing, you should, <laughs> sedera.com. Back to that. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iworkforhim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iworkforhim and online iworkforhim.com. I work the number number four, him.com.